everyone. Welcome to the Bonafide Legal Podcast. This is your host, Florence Brummer. I've lived in Phoenix, Arizona since 1999. Before that, I lived in Chicago and was born and raised in the suburbs of Chicago. I'm a mother, grandmother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer since 1999, and throughout my practice, I struggle day by day to find balance between work and life. I don't have the magic answer on how to balance life in the law and life outside the law, but over the years, I've developed tips for living my best life and enjoying work and time off. As a lawyer, it feels I'm never entirely off the clock. I never step away from thinking about my cases and my clients, and it does seep into my everyday life. But I do my best to enjoy work and enjoy time not working. Please join me on this journey in finding grace and contentment in the practice of law. All right. First of all, I want to apologize for my last podcast. The last one I did an experiment. We are, as I record this, it's Mother's Day, so May 8th. And two weeks ago, we're at the end of April. And there was this beautiful day. Like I can't even tell you how beautiful it was. Warm, but not hot and lots of sun and and a little bit of a breeze and like a perfect, perfect day. I could not stop being outside. And it was time to record my podcast. So I came up with a brilliant idea that I'm going to do this on my patio. Excuse me. <coughs> I am going to sit out by the pool and record this podcast. The thing about doing that is that I live in a house with a lot of people and it was very distracting to me. <laughs> so first of all, um, my husband had the fountains on the pool. So I wasn't sure at the time if the microphone was picking up that noise, but it was. So it sounds like I'm in a waterfall or running a bathtub the whole time. And then people just kept walking past me the entire time. My husband was out there skimming the pool. My sister-in-law walked through the backyard. People were coming and going. And I probably sound super distracted and super weird. So not my best podcast, but definitely an experiment and definitely a way for me to enjoy one of the last nice days before it gets too hot. And how Arizona works, it's not terrible, you know, um, in my opinion, like in May, even going into June. We still have nice mornings and nice evenings, semi-nice evenings. But the mornings are great. But the middle of the day, it's difficult to, you know, for instance, take a walk. I like to get up at this time of year on Saturdays around 5 and take a walk. But I've been exhausted when the weekend comes around. So I've been letting myself sleep. And yesterday, I started walking about 8, 8.30. And I wore a hat. A hat is a definite unless you want to get totally sunburned. But it's just really warm. The sun is right above you. So um, 
I walked to the library, took my grandson, and I could tell he was just hot too. He was in the stroller with the sun canopy over him. So it's still nice weather. I know a lot of places are still cold. Like I've been monitoring, I'm going to New York in a couple of weeks. I've been monitoring their weather. And I'm like, it's still pretty cold there. And uh, there was a lot of rain, same with Chicago. Um, but we're heating up here. And so it's still beautiful, but harder to do things, you know, during the day, at least out outdoors. So the last couple of weeks since I last recorded have just been another whirlwind. I feel like I was talking into this microphone very, very recently, but a a whole 14 days has gone by. And what has happened in those 14 days? Well, I had a weekend, the weekend after my last recording, I worked basically the whole weekend. It was billing. It was the end of the month. So I had to do that. And then I had a bunch of projects that I could not touch during the week. And it's becoming more and more problematic for me. So what I do is I get up at 530, although I think I'm switching that to five from now on so that I can just try to squeeze in a little bit more time in the morning to like work on projects and I'll do emails. I'll work on projects. I'll have coffee. I might even take a little time to myself. I might read some magazines a little bit or read from a book. And depending on what I need to do for the day, I'm either showering earlier or later. And so all last weekend I just worked and Then I had, uh, I've had a bunch of court, just been in and out of court, in and out of meetings. And this weekend was a crazy, like holiday weekend. So I have um, had a week where I just can't get anything done at work. And I have two projects that I've been carrying around with me, trying to work when I can And my days have been so full that by the time I could actually start thinking about the project, it's like 8 or 8.30. And frankly, for me, it's time to unwind and maybe watch a little TV and really just kind of go to bed because I get up so early. So this weekend has been like a beacon of light on my calendar because I was looking so forward to it. So what I had going on this weekend is um, I had a full week of different meetings and court hearings, and then Friday I didn't have anything officially scheduled. And here was my plan for the weekend. Uh, I wanted to take a spin class on Friday, either the 9 a.m. or the noon. I put on my clothes for the class and went to the office. Before I went to the office, I was taking a look at my emails and I got a decision on a case that was beyond disappointing, like beyond disappointing. And sometimes as a lawyer, you have ones that are expected to be disappointing, possibly can be disappointing. You really don't expect them to be disappointing. And this was one of those. 
there's always a chance you never know with litigation, but everything in my arguments I felt was very solid. And the decision was, in my opinion, completely off the wall with the evidence that was submitted. So most likely it's going to be appealed. So Friday just, that kind of blew up Friday for me. My day where I had it all planned out was going to be much more difficult. I needed to call the client um, and have a really lengthy conversation with the client and give some options possibly for an appeal. And often I tell people I do appeals and I love doing appeals. It's probably my favorite thing to do. But most of the time I try to talk people out of them because it's a difficult thing. In an appeal, you can only argue what's on the record. Most appeals are denied, so the original decision is affirmed. And there's not a whole lot of chance with it. In a criminal case, everyone should appeal those. Um, Most of the time, the defendant will have um, a court-appointed counsel. If there's a trial, there's definitely arguments. Like, I'm not talking about criminal cases. Go appeal those. But on civil cases or family cases, there's really a decision to be made in terms of finances and time. Civil cases and and, um, family law cases, the appeal process can take about a year. So if you have something particularly regarding children, after a year has gone by, whatever circumstances that you have may not even exist anymore. Also, they're very expensive. So if it is a financial decision that you can kind of live with, even though the... um, even though it might hurt, you know, but taking into account the cost of the appeal and the fact that most likely you will not win on appeal, it's, if you can somehow find a way to live with it, you're probably better off. An appeal is really a last resort on these cases. Um, But this is one I think the client should appeal. Like it's, it's that bad. So anyways, totally blew up my Friday. So I missed the 9 a.m. class. And my plan was to go into the office, return any phone calls, grab whatever I needed for the weekend, and be out of there well before the noon. If I missed the 9 o'clock, I was going to run home and maybe grab something to eat and then go to the noon class. I ended up running out of the office at 11.50, where it takes at least 15 minutes to get to this class. So I'm late for the class, which is fine. It's whatever. It's actually kind of nice to start those a little bit later uh, because then you just have more stamina throughout it. Uh, Because for the 45-minute cycling class, for me, it's just really exhausting. So if it's cut down to 38 minutes or 49 minutes, or sorry, 39 minutes, kind of better. My stats are actually pretty comparable. in a shorter class than when I attend the whole class, just because I get pooped out at the end. So um, now I think I have, you know, Friday to get so much done. And I go home and I shower because I have big plans for Friday night, like something that has just been 
keeping me motivated all week. And what it was, was I rented a theater for the new Doctor Strange movie. Doctor Strange um, Madness in the Multiverse, I think is how the rest of the title goes. But it's the second Doctor Strange movie. So I'm really excited about it. I invited a ton of friends. My family was going. I'm like really looking forward to it as a, as a get together. And plus my wedding anniversary was, is today, the 8th on Mother's Day. And I kind of was seeing it as a celebration for my anniversary because I knew I really couldn't do much on my anniversary because it's Mother's Day and trying to go out and do anything is, is sort of a disaster. Uh, so I go home, I shower and by the time I just kind of get my act together. And then the other thing was I had a headache. And so I was trying to stretch and just lay flat and close my eyes for a minute uh, to relieve the pain. And actually it, it did end up helping. So I, by the time all of that is done, it is time to leave for the movies. And we decided to do a happy hour at Yard House first because the Yard House was right next to the movie theater. And Yard House has this amazing happy hour. It's from 3 to 6, Monday through Friday. So not easy to get to all the time. It does take some planning um, because it's it's not close to my house. and But their happy hour menu is great. It's half-price pizzas half-price garden wings. They had half-price garden nachos. They have regular chicken for all of this too, so I know that's probably what most people will get, but I don't eat meat, so all of this is great. They have cheese curds and a spinach dip, like delicious stuff, and it's all half-price. I mean, that's incredible. So we ordered a table of appetizers, and it was good, and uh, my daughters brought their sons and my grandsons were there. My mom and dad came and it was like a nice little party, you know, had just like a nice little lunch. And then by the time we got done, like the timing was actually great. I felt like initially I felt like we were so early for this movie, but by the time we got done eating and wrapped it up, it was like 610 and everybody started showing up. So I go into uh, the movies. My brother's standing outside. I'm getting everyone situated. I kind of waited out front. I realized that some people had gotten there earlier and had already seated. And I went inside. First time in a long time I didn't get popcorn at a movie. Didn't get anything. I was still so full because I had just eaten. And went in and a bunch of my friends were already there. And... It was just so nice. Like, I was so happy to see everybody. And the movie starts, and it is a, a great movie. And the funny thing is, so I had a, a ton of people there, like close to 40. Like, we almost filled out up the whole theater. It seats probably a little over 40, and it's the one of those smaller theaters with the reclining seats. So it doesn't fit a whole lot of people. But we had this huge group, and it was super fun. And I see some people walk in, and they look like teenagers. They look like kids. They sit down, like, in the front. And they're kind of being loud and giggly. 
And I had sent out invitations to other people. And sometimes what I'll say is, you know, if you can't make it, you have some friends or something, or if you're running late and your friends want to come, it's a very open door policy. And I thought maybe when I invited my goddaughter that maybe it was some of their friends. So I went up to these kids and I said, do I know you? And the kids were like, oh, no. And I said, um, I rented this theater. And they're like, oh, sorry. And they, you know, got up and ran out. I, in in my mind, I think they just probably just finished watching Doctor Strange and maybe popped into another movie. Or maybe they were watching something else and um, decided to pop in and just see a second movie. Who knows? You know, it's just kids. So the movie starts. It's great. Like, super enjoyable. It's directed by Sam Raimi, who directed the Evil Dead movies. So many callbacks to the Evil Dead, like in terms of how the movie was filmed, some of the gags in it, some of the scenes in it. And it was the most horror Marvel film to date. Big surprise uh, that was hinted in the trailer you get to see this big surprise um introduction of some other characters from marvel into this marvel universe i don't, I don't want to say too much because it's lots of surprises um elizabeth olsen who plays the scarlet witch it's a the movie all these movies are chronological, which is really, really genius and, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Difficult. I think difficult. You know, because one of my big pet peeves about like a superhero movie is you go in and they start telling the story all over again. Marvel doesn't do that on any of these existing characters, they just jump right in. And I, and you know, my mom and dad were watching it and I was like, Hmm, I wonder like how much of this they're getting because they're talking about Thanos, you know, everything that happened with Thanos in the Avengers movies. They're referring to other characters. Um, Elizabeth Olsen's character, the Scarlet Witch, a bunch of what was happening was a callback to, um, the TV show on Disney, I can't even remember the name of it now, but she had her own like six or seven part TV show. And so it was a continuation from that and somewhat of a continuation from the Dr. Strange movie. Well, you know what, actually, because it had, um, Rachel McAdams in there continuing her role on. So just a, a lot of prior storylines coming together in this storyline. And I know my mom and dad don't know it and they loved the movie. So I feel they do enough of exposition and I was really concentrating. I'm like, how I'm like, is this exposition clunky? And it really wasn't. It was smooth. And maybe my mom and dad didn't understand every single reference, but they understood enough to enjoy the movie, and my mom was talking about how much she liked um, 
the, you know, Elizabeth Olsen as the Scarlet Witch, uh, WandaVision. That was the name of the TV show on Disney+. Plus. And so my mom really liked her and they really liked everything with Doctor Strange. So very cool. Like, you know, people who were really into the story were um, champing at the bit. Like, you know, I love like the Marvel movies and sometimes like my husband is a casual watcher. I am, um, I've seen every single one of these new Marvel movies and, you know, every once in a while I lean over to him and and say something. I don't know if he cared about the little tidbits I was giving him, but I was excited to see what I was seeing. So great movie. Oh, and that was supposed to be one of my reviews and I just told you all of it. Okay. Well, I recommend it highly. Go see it. So then the, um, that was Friday. We get home kind of late. I go to bed and I said to my daughter, I said, I don't think I'm going to take my grandson for a walk on Saturday. I said, I need some rest. So I get up and it's like 7.30 and I'm feeling pretty rested. So I figure, you know what? I am going to take him for a walk. So by the time I get him out the door, it's closer to 8.30. So I decided we will walk to the library. I had to return some books, pick up some books. I love when I can take one of these walks and turn it into an errand. And like I said, it was getting to be where it's getting a little too hot to do this a little bit later. So I'm going to have to get my butt up on Saturday if I want to walk. And then we went to this place called Clean Juice, and I got a uh, wake-up juice. Uh, it was ginger, orange, pineapple, delicious, and made me feel great all day. So that is um, Saturday. And then another thing I had going on is my daughter, who is, she's going to school to be a nail technician, my middle daughter, she needed someone to come in and get their nails done. And she asked me if I could do it. She said it would be like an hour, you know, hour and a half. So I get there at 1 and did not leave until 4.30, 5 o'clock. It was really late. And it was a lot of sitting around. And I didn't have like any work with me. So I had a couple of magazines. So I finished those. So I guess I got something done that needed to be done. And then I was checking work emails on my phone and just kind of cleaning them up and answering the small ones and setting aside the ones that were bigger emails. So I got a little bit of work done too. So that was Saturday. And then we rush home. And I have to change. And we went to my brother's for my nephew's birthday. And then afterwards, we were going for drinks at a friend's house. So um, we end up leaving my brother's house like way later. And I text my friend and I said, I'm sorry, it's so late. Do you still want us to come? Yes, we go there. Traffic was like amazing, like so such smooth sailing. So we got there. In, in a nice amount of time that made up for some of our lateness for the day. And before, um, my daughter's school is right by uh, the Italian deli and bakery that I love, Romanelli's on Dunlap, if you're in Phoenix, to go there, definitely. Amazing cannolis. And so I picked up stuff from my brother's house and from my friend's house. We went to her house and we had a little bit of champagne. I barely drank anything because I just knew I had a big day on Sunday and we ended up just having lovely conversation just and I at times I would just have these pangs of guilt because 
in my mind, Saturday night, I was going to work. It was like the one block of time where I didn't have something scheduled. So every once in a while, it would come into my mind like, you should be home reading transcripts for an upcoming appeal. You have a disclosure statement to write. A bunch of stuff where I was just thinking there's other stuff that I need to take care of. But here's the thing. You have to be with your friends and you have to be with your family. Um, You know, you can't let that stuff go by the wayside or you're going to go crazy. And it's, I had to keep coming back to the moment. I'm in the middle of these great conversations. We're talking about travel. We're talking about alternate lives, like what we would want to be doing if we weren't doing what we were doing. Uh, Good, you know, talking about different champagnes, talking about different, talking about fashion. I mean, you name it. We were just talking about stuff, talking about our families, talking about history, talking about art. And then I would float away in my head in the middle of the conversation. And I have to pull myself back and just remember, like, this is a moment where I should be 100% enjoying it and thinking about work. Like, I can't do that. You know, we cannot do this to ourselves. So we get home and it's late and the sink is full of dishes. So I got to do the dishes and my clothes are in the dryer. So I got to bring those up. I got to put them away. So I finally lay down. I watch Ozark for probably five minutes and fall asleep. And I figure it's after 11. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not setting an alarm. I'm going to sleep. Boom, 530. I'm awake and never was able to go back to sleep. My husband um, was up. He was working on the air conditioning the night before. He always has a project that he's doing. But he, we were having this weird thing going on with our air conditioner where if my thermostat was set for, say, 77, my room would be 71. It was overcooling, and the other side of the house was undercooling. And so they would set the thermostat for a lower a lower temperature, and it would super cool my side of the house. And he figured it out. It was a, a loose wire. Like, how crazy. And so now we're back to normal. So all week I was freezing and I'm not a person who freezes. I run hot and all week I was freezing because my room was getting super cooled. But anyways, he fixed that. So he came in, I gave him a card and I, um, kept thinking, I'm going to lay, I'm going to go back to sleep. I'm going to go back to sleep. And he's, you know, he's sleeping and I'm like, I'm going to go back to sleep too. Never go back to sleep. And so here I am recording this podcast, 7.30. I am so tired as I record this, Um, but I'm happy to be here and happy to be talking to you guys. So what is my, my point about all of this? Oh, and so today also is Mother's Day and my anniversary. I feel like my anniversary has been, um, celebrated, you know, I think we celebrated more on Friday Maybe we do end up doing something a little bit later, but I actually kind of want some quiet. The other thing is it's Mother's Day. I know my daughters are going to want to spend some time with me. I might ask my mom to come over, although we kind of did a celebration with her on both Friday and Saturday, the movie, and then going to my brother's. So what um, what do I want to talk about today? And what I want to talk about today because 
of how crazy it has been where I'm finding myself unable to enjoy the conversation and being pulled away in my own mind and getting up super early and working and running out the door to try to squeeze some exercise in. What do I want to talk about? I want to talk about how to take a vacation. Before I get to there, I do want to tell you an article that I read that U.S. companies, many U.S. companies are starting to experiment with a four-day work week. In my mind, a four-day work week was always four 10-hour days. And now what I'm, what I saw in this article was four eight-hour days of turning it into a 32-hour work week. I'm in favor of that as well. As I said before in prior podcasts where I've talked about a four-day work week, I'm all for advocating for this. I try to do this to a certain extent myself, although here's the sad reality. I probably have a seven-day work week, but I try to have, I, I stop doing appointments on weekends unless someone really has an emergency, then I will do a late Sunday afternoon. Like So at the end of my weekend, I will not do a Saturday anymore. Uh, and those, I used to do Saturday appointments all the time. If somebody asked me for a Saturday, I would say sure. I would generally work on Saturdays anyways. And then I started changing that to a day where I would walk or exercise spend time with my family instead of going into the office. But then what I started doing was I would do one Saturday a month. And when that Saturday came, the stress of the whole week leading up to Saturday, knowing that I had to come in on Saturday was overwhelming. So I stopped doing that as well. So I am a huge fan of the idea of a four-day work week, and I try to incorporate it a bit for myself, although I do need to make it more about time off instead of what I end up doing. But I try to have one day a week where there's nothing scheduled, so there's no court, and I can't control my court schedule, but on a day where I see that I don't have court, I try not to schedule any meetings on that day and leave it free for emergencies and catch up and maybe just working from home. So even although technically I don't have anything scheduled, I'm still getting some sort of work done. But if I can be at home working in some comfy leggings and a t-shirt and not be at the office in heels, it kind of feels like a day off for me. So how more productive would it make people to work a four-day work week? According to studies and it going into practice, there's huge success with it. And I just think about it from like a perspective of dividing up the week. So when you have a five-day work week, on Friday, you're all burned out. Friday night, you're probably running errands. I've been trying to get to Costco for the last 10 days. I do not have two hours to be able to make the trip to Costco. 
So just like things like that, that pile up when you're working all the time. I wanted to see my parents for a small visit and all week I was like not able to get that done. I finally got to see them on Thursday. I also wanted to go to Costco and it got too late and I never made it. But think about the five-day work week. So you're working all week, Friday night comes, you're exhausted, you're probably not doing much. Um, what if you want to take a weekend trip? You're going to leave Friday night or Saturday morning and then turn around, you know, Sunday afternoon to be back by Sunday night. So change that into a four-day work week. So if you're working Monday through Thursday, now you have all day Friday. And the week is a very balanced at that point. So instead of five and two, it's four and three. It's almost half and half in a way, if you look at it. After a, on a three-day weekend, I feel so much better. And I never take a trip on a three-day weekend. I just try to stay at home and enjoy that extra day off. And man, do I feel great. A day where you don't need to get the kids up for school. Um, you, you know, you don't have court when you have a, um, you know, a job that depends on like sort of government building types of things, um, you know, you look forward to these federal holidays because the way my schedule is, I get, I open up my mail or open up my emails and the calendar just starts filling up. Um, here's a hearing this day, a hearing this day. And you look at your calendar and all of a sudden you have tons of hearings for the month. And you can't control it. To a, Sometimes you have some control because you'll be in court and the judge will say, are you available on this date? And But for the most part, if it's open, you have to say yes. Like I can't say, well, I'm you know trying to work four days a week, so I can't schedule it. Um, but if it's a vacation or if I have a court conflict, obviously I don't have to take it. So that gives you a little bit more control. But otherwise, I really don't have a lot of control over my schedule. And a three-day weekend makes me feel like I have some control. So a four-day work week just really opens that up. Until we get there. And oh, here's some um, a surprising fact that I read. There's in developed economies, only four nations, Israel, Korea, Russia, and Mexico consistently put in longer hours than America. And historical records suggest that 14th century peasants worked far less than contemporary Americans. <laughs> peasants in the 14th century worked less than contemporary Americans. We're all working all the time. And especially after the pandemic, you know, there was that, I, I look back at some notes um, the, over the weekend when it was March, April, 2020, and was keeping like a little bit of a log on what was happening. At that time, I wasn't doing in-person meetings. It was all phone calls. A lot of people weren't even asking for meetings. Everyone was kind of in a holding pattern, I'd say for about two months. And what a what a difference, you know, um, I was taking walks every morning. And having time just to do yoga videos, I, I don't have time for anything right now. And I think lots of people feel like that. 
And then also what happened during the pandemic, except for that like tiny little break when it seemed like, and you know, there was no school, it was before they started the video school. Besides for that like little break, after that, it became a constant work cycle. Like people answering emails all the time. People on Zoom calls all the time. Uh, Doing paperwork all the time. Having your kids in your home all the time and doing school with them. Um, Just everything. All the time. You know, you never had like these breaks. It was just always you're available for work and always working. And to me, that has continued to carry over. So until that ends, and until we start doing four-day work weeks, I want to talk about vacations. I've told this story before, and it is the story of, I went, let me think about this, it was at least 10 years without a vacation. I might have taken like a weekend in Tucson for like a family party. Um, trying to think if there was anything else kind of significant. There wasn't. I had littler kids. We weren't taking vacations. I was building my business. I was working all the time. Frankly, kind of financially strapped because I was building my business. And vacations were the bottom of the barrel. And I also kept saying this stupid thing to myself. I would say... I am going to wait until my calendar clears up and then I'm going to schedule a couple of days to drive to California or something like that. Because I would look at my calendar and I would be in uh, a certain quarter. Say I'm in the first quarter and I'm looking at January, February, March and I would say, okay, this quarter is super busy. Once I get out of this, look at April and May wide open and then I'm going to take some time off. Well, April and May comes around, and that's all crowded. And I kept doing this for years. And then finally I said, that's it. I have to start scheduling some time. I need to start scheduling time where I'm taking my kids and we're just playing and relaxing or going somewhere with my husband. And although I probably have work with me, we're segregated from it. I can't run to the office. Like We're together. So uh, Disney was always a great trip for the w- with the kids for me because you can do a ton of fun activities in a condensed period of time. You don't you're not jumping from place to place. Uh, with my husband, I like to you know fly somewhere. Last year we went to Hawaii. We're going to go back again this year. And although I had work f- with me, a lot of the work like we were sitting on the patio feeling the breeze sitting in the hotel room, ordering in food. And it wasn't completely work-free, but we were just together and relaxing and not needing to get get kids up for school or, you know, uh, wake up early for anything so we wouldn't set an alarm and just relaxed. And you have to do this stuff. So I want to make sure that everyone is really cognizant about scheduling some vacation time. 
What I'm doing for this summer is I have a bunch of mini trips planned. I have um, a trip right after my daughter gets out of school. We're going to New York for a long weekend to experience some museums and Broadway shows and walks and architecture and uh, good weather, hopefully. I mean, I guess there's a chance that it rains. That's probably the um, the most extreme weather that we would have, but uh, we'll we'll just head inside if that's the case. It's going to be, it's starting to get too hot in Arizona, so I figured it's a good time to go. And also um, in June, a couple days in California, I'm going to an Adam Carolla family barbecue. It says family, like, I know I'm not related to him. It's family, like in the sense of his fans family. You know, his fans are very ardent fans and it is a thing that I've gone to every year and I'm very excited to go this year. They have a a popular band. I can't remember who it is this year and do live music and it's really cool and it's a barbecue and it's fans that love uh, being around Adam and his employees and super, super exciting. Um, So that's a Friday and Saturday. We're doing a pub crawl as part of the group on Friday and then the barbecue on Saturday. And Sunday, I'm spending the day at Universal Studios. This is a weekend in June. And then Monday, I'm recording to the film vault and then coming home on Tuesday. Then uh, in July, I'm taking my daughter to the over, I'm calling it the overlook. It's not the overlook. It's the Stanley, which inspired Stephen King's The Overlook Hotel in The Shining. And we're going to go there and see if we see any ghosts. It was her dream trip. So I wanted to make that happen for her. And then in July, uh, spending a couple days in Coronado. Um, And then September, my husband and I are going back to Hawaii. And then December, we have a cruise. So those are my trips for the year. I'll probably go to Halloween, Halloween Horror Nights in October. But the point is... I have these little trips and they're not, none of them are more than three nights. And the reason why I do this is to clear my head and get out of the office. Because if I don't do this, I will go into the office every day and just keep working and working. There are scientific studies that if you do not stop working, your brain gets constrained by deadlines and other stressors, and you don't process information. And I have definitely felt this in the last few weeks. I have felt like I'm in a time warp where I get up in the morning and I fast forward through the day, and then at night I'm exhausted and fall into bed into a heap. So what are some things that can just keep you going? Just plan something, even if it's a long weekend at this point. Although I will tell you this is a secret. My least favorite time to travel is on weekends. I would much rather take like a Sunday to Wednesday trip or Monday to Thursday, Tuesday to Friday and have my weekend at home. 
The reason why is I can get my personal stuff done on the weekend. I can catch up on laundry, get unpacked, get organized. And I can also run into the office and see what I need to do for the next week. With a weekend trip, you come back and you still have all that stuff that you need to do, you know, the laundry and the unpacking, but you're boom, you're right back at work. So if you can plan it during the weekdays rather than just calling it a long weekend. So plan it. Number one, plan it. I get so much enjoyment out of planning vacations. It may be even more enjoyable to me than going. The actual planning is so fun to me. Looking at different flight times, shopping different hotels, reading a travel book about the area and thinking about some things I want to see. I'll always have, actually have some anxiety right before I go because then I start to worry about, okay, now I'm gone and all this stuff is going to pile up. Like I always get all this anxiety, but once I'm there, it generally um, ceases. So plan and plan and plan in advance. And that's what I've had to do, or otherwise it just doesn't happen. As the trip gets closer, get organized. There's a ton of things I do in terms of organization. I send a out-of-the-office email so people will know that I'm on vacation. I let my staff know what's going on with anything that they need to talk to me about, anything that might be happening. Um, if I need hearing coverage, I talk to them about that. Um, uh, see the status on projects, check due dates, like just get really, really organized. And when I leave, it it's like the most organized that I feel because I've been closing everything down for a little bit. And then um, as part of getting them up to speed, I'd also check in if I can. It sort of depends on the trip. I check in when I can. So for example, when I was in Hawaii, I FaceTime with the office and actually did work, like got work out the door because it was a vacation where I was just doing a lot of relaxing and looking out at the ocean so I had some time on my laptop where I could kind of check in at the office. Doesn't work when I'm in Disneyland. Um, so it you pick and choose on when you can do that, when you can check in. The other thing um, is to add a extra day to your vacation when you're actually back. So this is what I'm talking about with coming home on the weekend so that you have the weekend but say, for example, you come back on a Tuesday. So your next day in the office is Wednesday. Don't tell anybody that. You can tell your staff. But for the most part, for the rest of the world, tell them that you're coming back on Thursday. So if the court says, are you available on Wednesday for a hearing? And especially if it's like a trial, if it's a 15-minute hearing, maybe you can be available. But if it's an all-day trial, you probably want to say no to that. Because if you're getting off the plane the night before and then just going into a trial the next day, 
you're going to be just kicking yourself. So that's it. Um, make sure you take time for vacation away from the office. Clear your heads. Have a great time. I gave you a review for Doctor Strange, so you know to go out and see it. But I did see another movie this week. I've been really bummed out that I have not been able to see movies. I've been watching Ozark. I've been watching some limited series. But I have not been able to just sit and watch a movie. So all week I said to myself, I am going to pick a day. I'm going to go see a movie like at 5 or 6 o'clock. So I'm not getting home too, too late. And just getting out of my head for a little bit. And I did that with a great movie. I did this on Wednesday night. It's called Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh my gosh, go see this. It's a multiverse movie, but not really scientific. You know, not like multiverse in the sense of maybe like the, you know, the Doctor Strange movie, for instance. Like not a superhero movie. Um, a lot about love, marriage, children, motherhood, friendship, feelings, all into a multiverse movie. I can't even explain it. <laughs> when I thought about this movie for two days afterwards, I kept tearing up because it was so beautiful. Michelle Young, I don't know if I'm saying her name correctly, was the lead she was in Crazy Rich Asians. She was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She's been in a ton of movies over the years. And I was like, oh, well, I don't really know what kind of actress she is. I mean, she seems fine. I mean, she was outstanding, like outstanding. And the, her husband was played by the guy who played... Um, a little boy in the Goonies, and he was also the little boy in the second Indiana Jones movies. And he's all grown up, but he still has that boyish face. And he was amazing. And Jamie Lee Curtis had this very crazy, odd role, and she was great. And there was a girl who played the lead's daughters, and she was outstanding, like so great. The screenplay, I don't even know how you could write this as a screenplay where it would make any sense. I mean, the amount of effort, the amount of scenes, the the cuts, the edits, um, I think it's no, no secret that it's considered a multiverse movie. But again, not really scientific so much, like not, not like a Matrix or not like a superhero movie, like very much its own thing. And to, you know, they went into some different worlds that were like hilarious. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell one. I don't think this spoils anything. They went into one where they were pinatas. And every time they would go into it, I would just laugh. And seeing them as pinatas, you're like, okay, like I can, I feel like a pinata sometimes too, like just beat up and emptied out. Like, oh my gosh, such a good movie. So I, it's in a way like a little movie. I don't know if lots of people are seeing it. When I bought tickets for it, the ticket guy said, good choice, great choice. You're really going to like this movie. 
My sister-in-law didn't like it as much. So I think there is what I had said to her because then afterwards she goes, I keep reading, reading all these reviews that said how great it was and I don't know how much I was into it. I said, you had to go into the mindset, like a really open mind to just look at this movie and pay attention to this movie. My only complaint, which is my complaint with most movies, is it ran a little long. Um, there was, I think sometimes when they set up a movie in the beginning so they can get you in that mindset, they will run those scenes a little bit long. And maybe they need to do that to get you there. But I, I often feel like that can be cut down a bit teeny complaint for an amazing movie that I just loved. Um, I'm watching Ozark right now, which everyone has been watching and there is a series finale and I feel like I need to get on board before someone, before some sort of email or website or something ruins it for me. It's supposed to be a good ending. So I'm on board with that one. What else am I watching? Oh, The Staircase just started on HBO Max. And that is a dramatized series about the, um, I think it's the Peterson is the last name, where the man found the wife at the bottom of the stairs and her, you know, she was just lying in blood, like tons of blood. And then he was tried for her murder. And, um, really good cast and good acting. Um, there's a documentary on Netflix, The Staircase, which is a great documentary, but it's nice to see the dramatized version because you get to see the the woman who died, you're seeing like her life honored and attention paid to her rather than just like a corpse at the bottom of the stairs. Okay, um, I can't think of anything else that has been on my radar regarding TV. Season three of Creep Shows Out, I've started that. The first episode, meh. The second episode, amazing. And I'm going to keep watching that. That's on Shudder. Oh, Better Call Saul is back. And I got to tell you, I think I like this show better than Breaking Bad. As it's easing into, this is its final season, as it's easing into the Breaking Bad universe, I am just on pins and needles and just wondering how they're going to tie it together. Like amazing. And I've been, I um, purchased a AMC Plus to watch it. And on AMC Plus, they have this tiny little segment a promotional video, really, for Better Call Saul. But they do it like it's a faux documentary for a TV show called American Greed. It's narrated by Stacy Keach, the actor. And they tell Saul's story. Um, and they, so they, they, in like cartoons and photos, they like introduce his, his, um, his story with Walter White, which is not part of Better Call Saul yet. So you see it in this faux documentary and there's a surprising statement that they make, which I haven't heard pop up 
on anything yet. I haven't gone looking for it yet, but when I heard it, and it is something that's related to the end of Breaking Bad, I was like, what? (laughs) And I went back and I watched this little thing and really good. And they do it, they do it like it's a, a real show. Sopranos used to do those sometimes and they would incorporate clips from the regular TV show in there, which didn't make sense if you were doing like a documentary format. But this was just done really, really well. So if you have not watched Better Call Saul, start catching up on Netflix and I encourage you to watch it. It's really great, especially if you watch Breaking Bad and you always wanted more. There's more out there and it's really good. And what I've said about Better Call Saul, he is my most realistic lawyer I've ever seen on TV, which I know sounds weird because he has all the weird Breaking Bad stuff. But I'm just talking about the ev- when they show him doing kind of his everyday work stuff. So real. So thank you for listening. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Patreon. Under Florence Legally Brunette, Bonafide Legal Podcast, you can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram under Florence Legally Brunette. You can find me on Facebook under my name or under my law office website. And you can find my website at brummerlaw.com. That's for the law office. Thank you for listening. And I will be back in two weeks with a new podcast. Thanks. <laughs>